Fairy Girl. Hi, everybody. Hi, everyone. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah. And this is Dead, Dead Time, Time Stories. A weekly podcast where Sarah and I get together to talk about ghost stories, true crime, mysteries, cults, conspiracies, the supernatural, paranormal, or even just the generally weird, eerie, spooky, strange stuff that we want to talk about that week. Why is that, Sarah? Oh, that's because it's our show. And it's and not, not yours. yours. If it's your first time listening to the podcast, stop. stop. Go, Go back. back to the beginning. Start from the beginning. Episode one is called Grumblethorpe to My Mouth a little bit. It is from May of 2018. It was a rip-roaring good time. Please go back. It was pre-panny. Pre-panny. Pre-panny, right. post-9-11. That's where we were. <laughs> <laughs> that gives you a really good idea of but the world. But that means we're coming up on almost four years. We sure are. Of making this podcast. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. Four whole years. In a world full of people, only someone to fly. Isn't that crazy? <sighs> I don't think I get the reference. <laughs> that song by Seal. And we're never gonna survive. Crazy. You you would know it if you heard it. I'm sure I would. It's one of those songs where nobody knows the words, but they've heard mm-hmm. it before. Well, but know they the know that, that one part where it's like, let's get a little crazy. And Alanis Morissette did a really interesting cover of it. But there's a part towards the end where it's like, in a world full of people, only someone to fly. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Okay. Isn't that crazy? That's all I got. That's wild. That's loco. But yeah, it's almost four years and that's crazy. Yes. It is crazy. If you were asking, isn't, yes, it is. Isn't that crazy? That is what I was asking. How about that you, listener? Question part. What are you going to get us for our anniversary? Ooh. I don't know. You know, we have a show coming I'm up. I'm listening. <laughs> on Saturday, May 14th. We sure do. There's a 645 show and an eight o'clock show of Beth. At the West Laurel Hill Cemetery here in Philadelphia. Beth, Directed please. by, I guess it's, is it still technically in Philadelphia? Yes. So. I think it's Bala in Balakinwood. Yes. There will be links posted places. Yes. If you just search us, you will find the info for it. But it, it is, is directed by. Directed by show favorite guest. Mary Angela Saavedra. And we're in it. And other, Lots of people lots are in of it. Lots of people are in it. And they're all really cool, and you should come see it. You have two opportunities in one day, and the rain date is Sunday the 15th if it rains us out on Saturday the 14th. And it's a silly time. It's silly, almost as silly as this show. It's Mbeth. Not as silly as this show. (laughs) A parody of Macbeth. Ah! Something just crashed through the ceiling because she said it. You did watch the Denzel one? I did not. I, honest to God, probably won't. Let's be honest. I mean, it was pretty good. It was, it's Macbeth. So That's Macbeth what I heard. is long. Um, uh, yep. And I know it. I like, I enjoyed him. I love Frances McDormand, but um, I could watch her read great. the phone book. She's great. There are parts of it where I was like, mm, that was a really interesting take. One of the more interesting things to me is that it was directed by just one of the Coen brothers. I think it's Joel. I can't remember if it's Joel or Ethan. One of them. But it's the first movie that one of them has done. And not both of them. It's wow. always both of them. So it's just one of the Coen brothers. Do you think he was lonely while he was making it? Do you think he ever looked over to like say something to his brother I and mean, then be was, like, oh, right, you're not here? It, it probably was lonely because it's all on a soundstage. So like there's no there's no outside. Like everything is it's weird, but interesting. Hmm. I liked, interesting. I liked what they did with the witches. That was neat. I liked it. There was a part in the movie that I know is not supposed to be funny. But it made me laugh really hard. Was it the murder? Um, which one? 
That whole if you're all of them. If you're not familiar with Macbeth, there's a lot of murder. Lots of people get murdered in Macbeth. It's a Shakespearean tragedy, which anytime you hear that, what you need to know is everybody dies. Everybody dies. You hear tragedy, let you know right now everybody dies. So it's specifically son of Macduff. It's uh so when they go to kill Macduff's family, right? Um, like his wife and their son are like in a room or whatever. Um, and when they kill Macduff's son, he's like he's under 10 like he's like a young boy right Mm -hmm. they literally just pick him up and throw him over the banister (laughs) they just yeet him out of they just yeet him over the banister and like the whole house is on fire like the whole thing's coming down anyway but i remember that part in the movie like i remember laughing out loud at that part and then like kind of grabbing my mouth like like i know like i'm not supposed to laugh right now but that was just i knew they were gonna they kill his whole family but i just was not expecting them to to yeet that boy over the banister like they did. They yeeted him right on out of there. Right on out of there. Mm-hmm. So come see Beth. We're, we're going to yeet that play right on out of the park. <laughs> uh, right on out of the cemetery. Right on out of the cemetery. That's going to be at West Laurel Hill Cemetery, Saturday, May 14th. It'll be a good time. Good time. Yeah. That's it. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Stephanie. Hey, hey Leslie. Y'all, y'all ready, ready to talk, talk about, about some ghosts? ghosts? Y'all ready to talk about some ghosts? All right, tell me more about it's this. It's not doctor, a ghost, but this I've is part got two. To hear more about this wild fuck. Part two. So, really sorry for you, listener. You had to wait a week, but Stephanie, it was a mere thirty minutes, you and had now to wait we're back long into it for me to record this month's "I Seen It," which is about Scream Two, and you can listen to it if you subscribe to our Patreon. Yep. If you don't, sorry, it sucks to be you. You're not going to hear it. But you will hear this. Part two. I'm ready. John Romulus Brinkley. If you didn't listen to us at the beginning of the episode and we told you to stop and go back to the beginning, and this is the first time that you are listening to the show, at least go back back one more episode because this this is is a two parter and this is part two of a two parter. Exactly. Part two, John Romulus Brinkley. So we ended with him doing what every white man nowadays likes to do, and he picked up a microphone. He built a radio station. His radio station. He built it with the main goal of increasing business and bringing goat balls to every American home. I love that even this new endeavor into the radio was still to bring in money into his goat testicle business. Yeah, that was his main thing. Like, if you, that's the new thing that he's doing. No one else is making, no one else is making a Tesla. No one else is is putting goat balls into your body right now. Like he is doing it. He is the Elon Musk of goat ballington. Like that's what he does. So he's like, I just want to, I need to bring people in so that I can get as many goat balls sure. into every American home as I can. Everything else is just a supplemental business for to now. The goat testicle business. Yes. And at the time, advertising on the radio on public airwaves was very much discouraged. But that never stopped good old John Boy. He's like, this is the future of advertising. And he's not. And he wasn't wrong. Wrong. He. Look, there were two things he was right about, okay? Taking care of yourself during the pandemic. And advertising and on the advertising radio. And advertising on the radio. <laughs> Everything else this man did, he was wrong. But those two things he got right. Even a broken clock is right twice a day. That's and what that they was say. John R. Brinkley. Yep. He was right about those two things. Now, at the same time. However, as he was building and getting his radio station up off the ground, the St. Louis Star published a scathing expose on medical diploma mills. 
You remember where John R. Brinkley got his diploma? Yes. From a diploma. From a diploma mill. And in the 1924 Kansas City Journal Post, they followed suit, bringing unwelcome attention to Brinkley himself. In July of 1924, a grand jury in San Francisco, so back in California, handed down 19 indictments to people responsible for conferring fake medical degrees and for some of the doctors who received them. And Brinkley was one of those He's on the list. doctors. I'm using air quotes. Due to due mostly to his questionable application for a California medical license. So when he applied and they were like, You got sketchy stuff on your resume, like, what you makes can't you work be a here. doctor. And he was like, So I can put goat testicles in people. And they were and like, like, That's eh. suspicious. That's weird. <laughs> so because of that, he's now indicted. Now, when agents from California came to arrest Brinkley, the governor of Kansas refused to extradite him because John R. Brinkley brought in too much money for Kansas. Oh, my God. They said, you can't have him. He's like, do you know how many people come to Kansas exclusively for his fucking goat ball surgery? I'm going to tell you how much money. Between his clinic and the radio station, John Brinkley was bringing in a ton, like $500,000 a year. In, back in then, that time money. Which is $7 million a year today. He was like, Kansas can't afford to lose Dr. Brinkley. And he was giving some of it back to the state. Yeah. So he paid for a new sewage system. He paid for new sidewalks, fixed the roads, installed electricity. He built apartments for his patients and his employees, as well as building a new post office because the old post office couldn't handle all of the mail he was getting. <laughs> so he had to build a bigger, better post office so that he could handle all of his mail. Sure. And... He wanted to start a zoo for the city. He wanted to start a zoo for Milford, Kansas. <laughs> and so what do you do when you start a zoo? You buy a bear. He bought a bear? Why didn't he start a petting zoo with all his fucking castrated goats? Be Ugh, I don't know if those goats that was were like living. The first thing he could have so done. It side tangent, he kind of had a mini petting zoo for all of his goats, but it was at his clinic. And it was kind of like a... It was weird to be able to be... Or was it like a restaurant where you pick your own lobster? Yep. Ding, 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 yeah. ding, ding, ding. You got to pick which goat You got goat to pick which goat you wanted. wanted. Mm, okay. Yeah. So, but he wanted to start a zoo, so he said, let's buy a bear. So he bought a bear for the town with the intention of then starting a zoo around it. But the, the bear, bear got loose. was too loud and disrupt Brinkley's sleep and disrupt his life. So, so the bear down. he shot it. Yep. Yeah, he just shot it. God damn it. He also was named Admiral in the Kansas Navy, which is interesting because Kansas, Kansas is landlocked. landlocked. <laughs> Why is there a Kansas Navy? I don't know, but he's an admiral. Yeah, to those of you not in the U.S. It's landlocked. And to those of you in the U.S. who are bad at geography, Kansas is like right in the middle with Oklahoma. Like there is, there might be a river that runs through it, but like not, it's, it's landlocked. And he sponsored a hometown baseball team named the, the goat Brinkley lands. Goats. The Goats. The shit you not. The Brinkley Goats. Brinkley Goats. Now, on his radio station, John Brinkley spoke for hours on end each and every day, promoting his goat gland treatments. He did. 
And people listen to it because they're like, literally, it's this or the static on the other channel. It's this or boring news or orchestra music. So let's listen to John Brinkley. John John Brinkley. And he would talk about how everyone needed to be like sexually active and it was part of your health. And he appealed to both men and women's egos and to their desire to be more sexually active. He would tell men that they should be ashamed if they weren't pleasing their wives and that they needed to get that fix because they needed to pleasure their wives okay so he was right about three things (laughs) take care of yourself during the pandemic was the first one radio advertising radio advertising is the the second one and then women should orgasm right is the third one and he's yeah he's not wrong but his his motivation for saying you should get your isn't, wife right, off isn't, isn't to get your, your wife, wife off. off. It's to get you to come get this goat ball surgery. And maybe your wife needs it too. And maybe your wife gets some goat ovaries while you're at it. It's all for money. But he was like, let's talk about women getting off. And he was the first one to do it and on the radio. Like sponsored by Dr. Hello Fresh <laughs> goat ball surgery. Need to Anywhere. please your wife like the doctor said. Come get Dr. Brinkley's goat ball surgery. For a low payment of $750. Only available at Dr. Brinkley's goat ball surgery clinic in Kansas. In Milford, Kansas. In Milford, Kansas. In between Brinkley's own advertisements, his station featured a variety of entertainment, including military bands, French lessons, astrological forecasts, storytelling, Hawaiian songs, and American roots music such as gospel and what we now know of as country music. He was the first one to put country music on the radio and to give it a more mainstream audience. That was John Brinkley. Other radio stations were mainly playing orchestra music or news. And here is John Brinkley coming into your home every day with actual entertainment and the cure for what ails you. He also started this new radio segment called The Medical Question Box, where he would read listeners' medical complaints over the air and suggest proprietary treatments. So people would write in and be like, doctor. Was the answer almost always goat balls? No. So this is where he got into pills. Okay. But what he did was. Made goat ball pills? He said, go and you're, yeah, listener number 45, you wrote in and you said that your right hand hurts whenever you hit yourself in the head too hard. I'm going to prescribe that you need Brinkley's formula number 42, which you can get down at your local pharmacy. So he was prescribing his own medicine that was then being sold to pharmacies that he partnered with mm-hmm. who would sell it. They were upcharged and then he would take a portion of, course. of what they were selling. So he's now starting snake oil selling over the radio, which you see Alex Jones doing the same shit. Well, today. and I was going to say it started that thing that I, I know there's a name for it, but I don't know what it's called. Where medical companies like pay doctors to like yes. push their medicine. Yeah. That's just medicine. That's just how that's medicine just the is American. Sold. That's the American. I mean, here in America, right? I was like, that's to clarify, the American that's here web. in the U.S. Yes, it's wild. I know in any other part of the world, they're like, what? But like, that's how medicine works. Here. The way pharmaceutical reps sell their drugs is by whining and dining doctors to push them. 
When I was, it's not by those drugs working. In middle school and high school, I can't tell you how many pins I had that had drug companies on the sides because my mom was a nurse and she would get them at nursing conventions. Like at nursing conventions, all these medicines were peddling their merch and yep. giving out free merch to yep. nurses, even. And I, my favorite pins were I had a Prozac pin because it wrote really well. That's why I liked it. It was just a good, a good pen. But Prozac I, knew it was up. I also had a Viagra pen that didn't Love work that. right. <laughs> Love that. And the Viagra pen, like it didn't, like the it click didn't. wouldn't stay up. Yeah, the click wouldn't. Like, st- you're like, of course. I was like, of course, because it's the Viagra pen. Of That's course. Kind of fucking hysterical. But that, that is uh, a lot of how the medical industry works here in the U.S., how pills are sold and advertised. It's all for profit. And hey, man, maybe Dr. Brinkley started that. I don't know about that. I mean, maybe. So if the treatments that he would suggest on air would only be available at a network of pharmacies mm-hmm. that were members of the quote unquote Brinkley Pharmaceutical Association. Which he made up. Yes, it's his. These affiliated pharmacies would sell Brinkley's over-the-counter medicines at highly inflated prices, and they would send a portion of their profit back to Brinkley, and then they would keep the rest. It is estimated that this generated $14,000 in profit on a weekly basis for Brinkley. Or that equates to around $11,809,000 a, a year. A year? That comes out Ugh. to a year of him just peddling his drugs over the radio. But with more popularity also comes more accountability. And other doctors who were treating seriously ill patients who would come to them after receiving Brinkley's ill advice and buying his medicine appeal to the AMA to please, for the love of fucking God, investigate this guy further. So the AMA uh, began to take action against Brinkley. And don't forget our buddy, Morris Fishbein, was hot on his tail. And he had been publishing multiple articles and expose on the people hurt or killed by Brinkley. But the problem is, is Morris's articles were mainly read by doctors and regular people didn't read these articles, but they did listen, listen to, the, to radio. the radio. And so Brinkley was in their living rooms every week. So who is the common men going to trust? Yeah. Are they going to trust the CDC or are they going to trust Donald Trump t- coming to them and telling them that the pandemic's not an issue? That's the wrong story. They're going to trust Brinkley coming to them and telling them that they're drugs. All of this goes hand in hand, and we'll get into it further closer to the end of this episode about how a lot of these charlatans, these snake oil salesmen, appeal to the lower economic class yes. because they are also the less, less educated, educated and they follow you 100%. And somehow John R. Brinkley fucking knew that. And he is capitalizing on yes. it and he's being very successful. He knows his market. So in 1930, the Kansas Medical Board held a hearing to decide if Brinkley should keep his license or not. Brinkley claimed that no one had ever died from his pr- his procedure. He's but like, if somebody I've worked on has ever died, stand let up. them come in here and tell me to my face that my surgery killed them. Well, the 42 death certificates that had his signature on them proved otherwise. The death certificates proves that that was a lie. That was a lie. (laughs) You are the murderer. And he lost his medical license. In Kansas. 
Well, that also took away his medical license to practice in the other eight states okay. that he got. So it's all gone. Just clarify it. Six months after losing his medical license, the Federal Radio Commission refused to renew his radio station's broadcasting license, finding that he broadcast obscene material, which is basically he was talking about boners and orgasms, and they said, stop talking about boners and orgasms. Who do you think you are? Dr. Ruth? Sorry, not for another 60 years. Not yet. And that his medical question box series was contrary to the public interest, which it fucking was. Yes, it was. So he has no medical license now. And he has no No broadcasting license. So what's his next logical step on what to do? What do you think? I mean, yeah, I guess he's going to go into politics. He runs for governor. Yeah. Because if you, because like no, I do know. I now do he know. um he's got to then run for governor so that he can employ people who would reinstate who would legitimize his, license. his work. Yeah. Yes. So easy peasy, no big deal. I'll just run for governor, and, and then, then I can I'll hire the, the people who will then reinstate my license. Sure. Easy peasy. Foolproof plan, and it almost was. He kicked off his candidacy just three days after he lost his medical license. Oh, almost, my God. Almost like he knew he was about to lose his radio he broadcasting license, prepping, too. Yeah. So he started running his campaign. At his side was KFKB's biggest country music star, Roy Faulkner, who took to the stage with his guitar and hat in hand. A populist, Brinkley campaigned on a vague program of public works, such as a state link in every county free textbooks for public school children, and increased educational opportunities for all children, lower taxes, old age pensions, basically very vague things that are going to appeal to people who aren't paying attention to the politics and realizing that, like, how are you going to do this? Like, it makes sense, but, like, how? Promises that he can't fulfill. He appealed to the immigrant vote by putting German and Swedish-speaking people on the radio station. Brinkley enlisted a pilot with his own plane to deliver him in grand style to his campaign rallies. Of course. In short, Brinkley was a master of the publicity stunt. When a prominent newspaper reporter ran an article of his critical of his qualifications to be governor, Brinkley sent him a goat. With or without its testicles. I think with the testicles. So he was like, you're going to write an article bad about me? Here, have a goat. You figure out what to do with it. You take it. His campaign was conducted as an independent write-in candidate because he waited to declare his candidacy until September after the ballots had already been printed. So he said he was going to be a candidate too late, so he had to be a write-in candidate. Three days before the election, the Kansas Attorney General, who had prosecuted Brinkley before the medical board, announced that the rules surrounding write-in candidates had changed. So basically they said, holy shit, this guy might win. We need to change the election rules, which normally I would say, don't do that. That's going to make it harder for people to vote. Why are you changing the rules? But in this case, it's like, please, for the love of God, change the rules. Don't let this guy win. So three days before the election, they changed the rules for the writing candidates. They said that it could be the name had to be written in a specific way for the vote to count. And his name had to be written John period R period Brinkley. If it was written John R. Brinkley, it, wouldn't count it was out. It. John R. Period Brinkley, it was out. 
had to be John period R period Brinkley. As a write-in candidate, he received more than 180,000 votes, which is 29.5% of the vote, and he ultimately lost to a man named Harry Hines Woodring. An article published at the time in the Des Moines Register estimated that between 30,000 to 50,000 ballots were disqualified for J.R. Brinkley for not writing it, writing it the correct way. They later admitted that had these votes been counted, he would have he won. won. And he would have won with a lot. Oh, my God. Uh, sound familiar? I want to talk about it. So now he says, fuck Kansas. And he decides to move closer to the Mexican border where he could operate a high power radio station with impunity. So screw you guys. I'm going to Mexico. I'm going to Mexico and I'm going to open a radio station down there because they'll have me. And Mexico granted him a broadcasting license and he got to work. His new station located just outside of Texas and he increased his kilowatts to one million which is an insane yeah. amount. He called his radio station XER, and having these 1 million kilowatts made it far and away the most powerful radio station on the planet, and that on a clear night, you could hear his broadcast all the way in Canada. Say so they, they say that people could normally get it in Philadelphia. You would get his station down in Mexico. According to accounts of people at the time, the signal was so strong that if you lived close by, it could turn on your car headlights. My God. It would make your bed springs in your bed hum. People reported picking up the telephone to make a call and hearing the broadcast coming through the telephone line. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, ranchers would claim that they could receive it through their metal fences and people who lived close by who had metal fillings. fillings would hear it in their head. I hate it. That's how loud this broadcast was. This guy's crazy, isn't it? Like, I hate what? It. When the FRC banned, so the, the Broadcasting Commission, banned what they called spooks, quote unquote, mind readers, fortune tellers, other mystics from broadcasting in the U.S. radio, in 1932, Many of these radio stations then followed Brinkley's suit. And they were like, you're not going to let us work in the U.S. We're all going down to Mexico. And it opened up this thing called border blasters. So they would open these radio stations with these huge frequencies that would still transmit all the way up to the U.S. But because they were operating in Mexico, it was legal. Yeah. He started that. By 1932, 11 such stations had opened. Brinkley was still going back and forth between his clinic in Milford, Kansas, and where he was living in Del Rio, Texas, often broadcasting from the radio station by calling into it. So you want to talk about remote work. This man was remote working. <laughs> but in 1932, again, at the end, after these 11 other stations had followed Brinkley down with their border blasters, Congress then passed a law outlawing this practice. And this law is known as... The Brinkley Act. Nice. All because of him. Unfazed, though, John Brinkley began using some of the first ever electrical transcriptions, which is basically what we would call pre-recordings to circumvent the law. So he's not live broadcasting. He's recording he's it prior. Broadcast, and sure. then he's doing it like that. He's fucking like, <sighs> this is the 1930s. Anyways, 
1934, the U.S. finally bullied the Mexican government enough that they revoked his broadcasting right. license. So the U.S. was finally like, you got you better fucking you got to fucking revoke his license. I swear to God, if you don't give me your lunch money, they're like holding Mexico up by the they're foot. Like, like remember shaking the Alamo? Him. Yeah. Cut off Brinkley's radio. Cut it off right now. And they're like, I guess we will. We'll come take that town. Make it part of Texas. Though at this time, Brinkley still continued to perform the occasional goat gland transplant. It's easy money. In Texas, his practice shifted mostly to now performing slightly modified vasectomies and prostate rejuvenations. I don't even know what that they entails. Were injected with liquid colored goat water. Ball. Or, yeah. Or both. Liquid goat ball in colored water. Mm-hmm. Like a lava lamp. Yeah, 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 right yeah, yeah. in your butt. Right in your prostate and for that he charged up to a thousand dollars per operation which in today's currency is just about twenty thousand dollars and people were paying it stephanie they're paying it this man is just swimming in money and goat balls it's like scrooge mcduck he was still making a ton of money but it was all about to go downhill In true capitalism fashion, in 1938, someone decided to do exactly what Dr. Brinkley was doing. But charge less. But they were going to do it for cheaper. Yep. Yep. Capitalism, baby. Capitalism at its best. He said, oh, you're going to go and pay $750 for some goat balls? I can get you them for for $500. Yeah. I can get you goat balls for $500. I can get them to you this afternoon. They'll be faster. There's no line there. He's like, Brinkley's like, fuck. And at the same time, 1938, Brinkley's old buddy, Morris, is hot on his trail, and he has entered the picture again with vengeance. Morris has entered the chat. It's him walking into the room. He published a two-part series called Modern Medical Charlatans. Yes! I would watch that Hulu docuseries. That included a thorough repudiation of Brinkley's checkered career, as well as exposing his questionable medical credentials, which is, there are none. Like, if he had photoshopped, Brinkley would have photoshopped his diploma and hung it up on his wall. See, I imagine the meme of Lindsay Lohan from Mean Girls, where it's like, the limit does not exist, but it's just the credentials do not exist. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. They're like Googling Brinkley, Brinkley, Brinkley diploma, Brinkley diploma. And it just pops up 404 error. Like, can't find it. Credentials do not exist. So when Morris released that expose, Brinkley was like, screw you. And he sued Morris for libel. To win. And $250,000 in damages. The trial began in March of 1939. And a few days later, the jury found in favor of morris oh thank god he lost they're like oh nothing this man has said has been untrue no this is totally correct it's not libel and not libel if it's true brinkley you don't need more money you asshole they stated that brinkley should be considered a charlatan and a quack nice go back to the first sentence of and the wikipedia they put it back on wikipedia they put it they're like put it on wikipedia it's official he's yep. a quack their exact quote says Brinkley should be considered a charlatan and a quack in the ordinary, well-understood meaning of those words. <laughs> Which basically means if you look up charlatan or quack in the dic- dictionary, uh, John R. Brinkley's picture should be right there. He's a literally textbook case of a quack. Of a quack. 
The jury verdict unleashed a barrage of lawsuits then against Brinkley by some estimates of well over $3 million in total value. So the floodgates opened. At that point, everyone came forward and they were like, I died from goat testicles by John R. Brinkley. And I died from goat testicles. My cousin died from goat testicles. so And I had to touch him once. So I, I think that I should get money. for my goat testicles. I need money. And um, they were not wrong. John R. Brinkley then filed for bankruptcy uh, back in 1940. And soon after he filed for bankruptcy, the United States Postal Service began investigating him for mail fraud. Nice. So everything is hitting the fan all at once. And on top of that, I guess John R. Brinkley didn't use his own goat balls because his health was failing. He was not doing well. He didn't put goat balls in his own balls? I guess not. I guess he didn't take his own you know, medicine. He could do it with an injection. He could do it any way he wanted. He had he was the artist. He could have done it however he wanted on his own balls. And he didn't. He at this point had suffered three heart attacks and they amputated one of his legs due to poor circulation. Oh, damn. So he went down fast. Why didn't he use the goat balls? That's what everyone's asking. Or Stephanie, maybe he did, but maybe he's so dumb they didn't work. (laughs) That's fair. He was so dumb that he was like, why didn't this work for me? (laughs) This is like the Mr. Krabs meme. Yeah. The spinning. Yeah. He's like, oh, my God, it's because I'm too dumb. On May 26, 1942. John Romulus Brinkley, doctor not doctor, died penniless of heart failure in San Antonio, Texas. The mail fraud case had not even yet come to trial, but he probably would have been found guilty. Mm. He was later buried at a cemetery in Memphis, Tennessee, where he had met his wife, Minnie. Right. So he never married again. Like he, Minnie was with him till the day he died. Yeah. And she was right by his side. She was like, let's do this, honey. I support whatever choices you make. I don't need any goat balls, but I support you giving other people goat balls. And he did. He ultimately died penniless. And in 2017, someone desecrated his grave. And like, so on his grave, there's this big statue of like an angel. And I think someone ripped the wings off. Which like, you know, fitting. Because he sucks. But that is the story of the life of John R. Brinkley, the father of modern talk radio, advertising on the radio, a snake oil salesman who became best known as being the goat gland doctor. And there is so much more to his story that I didn't even get into that is hilarious and ridiculous. Now, he did kill people, but these people signed up and paid money to get goat balls put in their balls at what point like because he's a doctor who told them that they should he advertised that they should and they said i saw it on qvc i want it it's okay here's my thing if you if your dick doesn't work and you don't go to a gas station and you get those tiger pills that are supposed to make your dick work and then those give you a heart attack you bought dick pills from a gas station what do you want me to tell you you bought goat testicles from a not doctor in Kansas. From what do you not- want me to tell you? 
He <sighs> almost became governor. I hate Can it. you imagine how far his political career would have gone I if if it. he had been elected governor? I don't want to think about it. Isn't that crazy? Yes. That's the early 1900s and people were like that. Boo. So I want to say I got a lot of my research from this amazing podcast that Charlie had been telling me to listen to for ages and I didn't until I listened to his two part on John Brinkley. But it's a podcast called Behind the Bastards and he does a little more in-depth research about John Brinkley and he's got a two part series about him. Highly recommend it. Go check it out. It's very good. He also just all of his episodes are him talking about bastards from history and just like people in history who were absolute just bastards. This is just wild. So that's John R. Brinkley. That's my two part series. Um, Do you want some goat balls? No. Would you like goat balls with that? Don't want goat balls. I Would don't you like want goat ovaries with that? Centipede situation. I don't want to be goat balled. I don't want goat ovaries. I don't want any of those things. The goat baller. Is that like the corn baller? The goat no, baller. Thanks. What if they were deep fried goat balls and the you goat ate face them? Killer? The goat face killer. He had too many goat balls. He, he had all. He had all of them and then some. I you should it. make a candle. That smells no. like goat balls. What? Absolutely oh my not. gosh! Well, you I never support my decision. Thank you all so much for listening to Sarah's never wild support my dreams. Goat ball, a goat ball story. She never wants to do what I want to do. If you want to support our podcast even more, you want more goat ball content. You can head over to Patreon, buy merch from our website, deadtimestorieswithaz.com. You can go to our Patreon and support us from there, where we have bonus content, all sorts of cool stuff. We love it when you follow us on Instagram. We love it when you email us at deadtimestories with a Z at gmail.com. And of course, the best way that you can support us that costs absolutely no money is by leaving us a five star review on the Apple Podcast Store or anywhere else where you listen to podcasts. Yes. Thank you so much. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah. And this has been Deadtime Dead Stories. Thank you for listening. Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Curtison. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman. Goats do that, right? I hate it. But if a goat had his testicles removed, it would be like... It's like, yeah. It's... Oh, no! Because his balls are gone. Thanks for listening. I don't think anyone is still there.